Crystal Deal With It focuses on bridging the gap between where you're at now and where you'd like to be. We'll explore wisdom and techniques from a wide variety of domains and industries and apply them to your unique challenges. I love developing frameworks, processes, and storytelling metaphors that enable personal and business growth. Through actionable next steps, we'll build momentum and confidence. My goal is to help you clear roadblocks, do more with what you have, and realize the potential of yourself and your team. So throw your challenges my way and Chris will deal with it. Workshops are live working sessions where I dive deep into a specific problem or focus area alongside a special guest. So Chris, thank you for having me on your podcast. I'm your engineer, obviously. <laughs> uh, and I have a question for you that I think would be great to work through with someone. And that is, when do you take your hobby into a business or into a bigger venture than just being a hobby? It's a great question. I know for me, I needed to get past a certain learning threshold. So I'll maybe I'll maybe talk about my experience writing. So I've been a fiction writer now for 14 years. When I first started out, I've always wanted to write a book. I always had some false starts. But when I finally got serious about writing being my creative outlet, I wrote, I started writing a book. I wrote maybe 30,000 words. And I had met a friend from the board gaming side, and he just happened to be in that field as well and, off, and, and be more of a professional. And I got some initial feedback. And listen, that, if I go back and read that, it was complete garbage, right? My, chap, my, lead, my main character spent the first eight chapters just trying to get a date, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and that wasn't the fact that, there's, that they should have already been in a relationship and moving forward with the actual plot of the story. Which ended, and, and years later, after it gained some experience, I ended up rewriting that entire book. And when I, I, through that process over years and years and years, I got the skill set necessary. And, and The Shortcut is my first novel. I love it. It's self-published. It's out there to buy. I, I'm really proud of it. But there's, there's years of learning, years of being a hobby. Then it, next, the next part, I was in between editing passes, and I started the Rainy Rubies book. It was an idea. And through that, I'm like, you know what? I'm, I really I became more passionate about that. And that's when I decided that I want to make this a job. Now, I'm... Listen, there's very few writers out there that are going to make a full-time job out of being a writer. My hobbies, you know, include playing hockey. Like, I, I'm not going to the NHL. You know, maybe I, I can go coach a junior team and make a few grand on the side. But, like, again, it's a lot of effort. You have to get to a certain level to gain, the, to, to gain a network before you can take it to that next level where, you, you know, it's paying the bills. Uh, I'm fortunate for, for me that I have a day job. I don't need my hobby to pay the bills, but I still want to treat it like a business. Right? I think that's the distinction to make. Are you trying to actively pay the bills? You better be really damn good at what you do. Have the confidence, but you, you can have all the confidence in the world, actually, but you need to have a network. You have to have people willing to pay you money to do the thing that you do well. The clientele. The clientele, you need to have people who are going to recommend you. They're going to write reviews. It is hard as hell to start out when you're starting a business. Who likes singing for their supper all the time? But if you're reliable, you do good work, word will spread. Right? My whole thing with the fiction writing, right, it's still very much like doesn't make a lot. I spend more than I make. But for me, it's an investment in the art. I want to just I want to make what I want to make. I want to do it very, very well. Right. I hire good artists. I hire brilliant audio engineers to, to help me find my voice, to help me do my best work. I'm willing to invest in myself because my philosophy and this is what that's maybe help answer your question here is if you treat if you treat people right. Over a long enough time frame, good things tend to come back to you. But I'm not writing books with that goal in mind. I'm not doing podcasts with that goal in mind. I am coming from a place where I want to help people. 
I want people to be inspired by my work. If I can get a kid to pick up a book because it has something they love about it, right? I write middle grade fiction books for eight to 12 year old kids. The Rainy River Bees series is written for nine year old Chris Kreuter. I've gotten letters back from kids who are just like, hey, I really, really loved your book. And that's, that's why I do it. It's not to make them down the line. There's a reason I, I did a podcast and turning it into an audio book is because I want to get my work out there in the world. I'd love for some one of these kids that I inspired, it could be 20 years from now, maybe one of them becomes a movie producer. Hey, great things can happen. But I'm not I'm not viewing the books as a failure because I don't have a Rainy River Bees trilogy movie and Peter Jackson's debuting, right? Yeah. All kidding aside, you have to level set your expectations of what you want in the business. And, and there's a clear differentiation between I want good things to happen or I want a roof over my head. I want food in the fridge. I've got tuition for my kid, right? Whatever that is, that's a paradigm shift. When you put that level of stress on a hobby or a passion that you have, it can suck the fun right out of it. If I had to write books that pay bills, I would have stopped being a writer 10 years ago. And writing maybe isn't a great example. I mean, there, there is a concrete skill set. So I know you and I were talking before about that concept of tea grass, which again, I think I went through in that episode one. If you are a subject matter expert, or you can blend two categories, is find that niche. The people that need that service, where are they? And if you're confident that you can get to them, you have that message, and you have enough of a network to get started, then by all means. And maybe maybe it means like, I'm really passionate, I really want to do this. But you may have to lay low for six months, nine months, build up enough of a nest egg where you can quit your day job and really focus in on it. Or you may have to find some way of slowly tailing back as you get some clients. So maybe it's at your, maybe you're in a position where you could be more of a freelancer at your current job, still get a steady paycheck, and then wind that down as you wind up this other business. The one other thing I want, I'll leave you with here, uh, Chris, is you may want to consider the implications of doing that. There may be conflicts of interest. There may be someone you piss off if you're not open about what you're doing. So I would highly recommend if you are thinking about doing some of those hybrid, I'm going to gradually figure this out on the fly. But if, if what you're talking about doing as a business is directly competing with what you're currently doing, you may want to watch out. And that may be where you have to just plan in the background, suck it up for six months, a year, build that nest egg. You know, you're going to have to scrimp and save knowing that, hey, I got to pay the rent for six months. I'm going to give us a fair shot. You, have, you do have to level set your expectations around your actual reality. I have one more question. Just yeah, to sure. back on with that because that, that opened up one uh, other window that I noticed. Coming through all this, you get to that point. How do you confront your first failure? Nothing is, you know, nothing is made without mm -hmm. some sort of failure. And being passionate, being a hobby, something like that, and coming up with not the best results. How do you take that and grow and learn? It's a great follow-up question. So I'm going to give you the wise-ass answer first. So you want to get really, really good with failure? Start a board game publishing company. <laughs> no, no joke. Seriously. I mean, there, we, my, my buddy, Chris and I, we come up with so many great designs. I would reiterate 15, 20 prototypes of a game that just didn't work. You'd go to an event, you put it in front of a table and they'd be like, this sucks right to your face. It's great. <laughs> but, but you see it, like you see people not having fun. That's the whole reason I'm playing a game. Like, yes, you want the math to work. You want, you have, you have an idea in your head of how this is going to go. And this is true for outside of games. Like it, it'll meet failure. There'll be some element of it that's going to bounce off people. And I think that the trick here is embrace that and understand why you failed. People are going to have their own perspective on it no matter what you do. You can have two mindsets. You can think that their view is all there is in the world and you should cater to everybody. And I think you're setting yourself up for failure. Or that person that 
isn't your target audience? Are you catering to the right person? Take the right lessons from it. Say, all right, you know what? I'm going to, especially early on, like to answer our previous question, you're starting out your business, so you're going to fail often to get used to it. I've, I've been in my, my day job for 15 years. I fail every day. But it's what I learned from it, the mentality that I have. Even I tell my employees and people that I mentor, I'm like, hey, listen, like, it's okay to fail once. If you don't learn the lesson from it, if you don't take a step back, think through it. Like, how did that happen? What can I do to be better next time? Or maybe that wasn't the right person. I'm not going to go change my entire marketing plan, my website to cater to this one edge case. I, I brought, and I'll go back to the board game prototypes. I, I played a game and it was a three hour play test session. I can remember vividly, right? I, I put the game in front. Four of the five people were having an absolute blast. As one guy was a complete prick the entire time. Like I asked him, like, it didn't seem fun for you. He goes, oh, I just hate games about Renaissance Venice. I'm like, all right. Like he had some good, he had some, but he had a few things that he was struggling with. He's like, yeah, well, you know, also, yeah, the board didn't quite make sense. This math doesn't really work. And he wrote up these like equations on why things I'm like, well, thank you very much. That's really helpful feedback. But if I, if I had just said, oh, he didn't have any fun, it was a failure. You, you have to sometimes ask questions to your clients. I think people, again, we're really happy to give you constructive feedback as long as you're honest in why you're asking. So when you do fail, it's probably because it impacted somebody else. Just be human first. Go, hey, listen, I, I know I failed you. Um, I didn't mean for this is what my intent was. Like, how, how did you react? Like, why do you think I failed? You don't always have that opportunity, but if you're doing it from a learning mindset, sometimes, more often than not, actually, that person might give you another chance or might help you reframe your business that gets, that catapults you to a whole other level. There's been countless times where I have failed a client and I've walked up and said, hey, I, let me make this right. Let me do what I can. I'll, use, I'll leave you with one more example of this from, from a starting a business standpoint. So I, I'm in sales in my day job and we're, I'm trying to grow my client base. And I got a meeting with a new prospective client. It was, a, it was always going to be a smaller account, but I finally got my initial meeting. The guy was very hard to approach. I was going through LinkedIn, emails, leaving voicemails, finally get an opportunity for a meeting. And I put it in the wrong time on my calendar. I got this nasty email back saying, hey, like, I finally gave you the time of day. You didn't even pick up. What? You know, don't bother. I said, listen, hey, I screwed up. I made a mistake. I went and looked up him on LinkedIn and see what charities, you know, he, and he, po he made a post about CHOP in Philadelphia, the children's hospital. I can get on board with that. So we had a 45-minute meeting schedule. I took $45 of my own personal money, donated. I sent them the receipt. I said, hey, I'm really, really sorry. I wasted 45 minutes of your time, but know that that time went to something good. That's it. It wasn't, I wasn't begging. I wasn't groveling. I was like, I'm sorry I wasted your time. Sure as shit, I had a meeting the next week. And listen, you know what? It went nowhere. <laughs> right? It's, but it was, it's the how you treat people matters. If something down the road goes and all of a sudden my name pops up, he'll know I'm not a prick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't waste people's time. And so when, you, when you're passionate like that and you take that sort of mentality to what you do, that's what helps you grow your customer base. And again, you may have burned a bridge. That's okay. But now you're just, you're, you're strong, you're, you're better, right? Be where you are now and know you're always taking two steps forward, one step back. That's legit. If you feel that Chris dealt with it, I'd appreciate your support of the show by sharing it with someone who might benefit. Ratings on your favorite podcast player are also helpful in growing the audience. Visit chriscroyder.com for free downloadable PDFs with notes and resources from today's episode, sign up for the CDWI mailing list, or to send in your problems or requests for future shows. That's C-H-R-I-S-K-R-E-U-T-E-R.com or use the link in the show notes. Thanks for listening to Chris Will Deal With It.